Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Aligned and Thriving. Today, we are going to talk about sleepy time. We're going to talk about sleep. I am joined, as always, with my co-host and good friend and business partner, Dr. Anthony Evans. Dr. Evans, how's it going? Good to be joining you again. I'm excited about this one. Sleep is a uh, a topic we we bring up often, and uh, I'm really excited to unpack it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to start by it's this is kind of a, a statement, but in the form of a question. How much do you agree, disagree, and then just kind of go whichever direction you want to go here? How often, or I mean, how much do you agree, disagree that sleep is more important than an individual's diet? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. And, uh, well, I would, I think, I mean, diet's important for sure, right? Like we talk about eating a healthy diet all the time and it's, it's definitely a pillar of someone's health, but sleep turns out is probably one of the most important things for regulating so many aspects of your biology. Um, you talk about repairing and healing, regulating your mood, uh, your brain function, even reducing the risk of things like heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's. Um, it's quite astounding um, how critical sleep really is. And the reality is, is that 70 million Americans don't really sleep well. And that's a lot of people. And that's why you know, yeah. we see a plethora of sleep medications being dispensed over the counter meds that people may be using, you know, different prescription medications. And it's, it's really a huge problem. And so I feel like we have sort of, you know, we need to really face this head on and, um, it's really starting to degrade people's health. So we just got to really go after it. And I think it's what I consider kind of a low hanging fruit, easy thing yeah. to really address. There's not a huge financial spend for people to to start to tackle this and change the way they sleep. And I think the benefits are profound, right? Um, right. You know, historically, 100 years ago, um, you know, we would have slept nine hours a night. Now we're probably sleeping an average of seven or less, you know, across the population. And that's not good. Yeah. And, you know, it's driven, I think, because of the over compulsiveness of our society, right? And that yeah, sure. Everywhere we go, we're just constantly flooded by content coming at us. And yeah. I think we have more content coming at us in one day than probably Americans did in their entire life, you know, 150 years yeah. ago. Yeah. And so we're just surrounded by, you know, content coming at us on our phone or movies from Netflix and so on. You know, we stay up late watching shows. Uh, they're addictive. They're fun to watch, but, you know, it disrupts our sleep. You know, our phones mm -hmm. and social media are just constantly pinging for our attention. And, um, you know, it all starts to bleed into that evening and affect how we sleep. Um, so we really have a crisis of sleep and, you know, we have a crisis of poor quality of sleep. Even the sleep that I think some people get is kind of low quality. And then we yeah. see this secondary cascade of issues that, you know, manifest from that. So I remember reading this book a long time ago called Lights Out. and it was really interesting about this phenomena of the introduction of the light bulb, right? And how that light bulb was mm -hmm. responsible for so many chronic diseases, because rather mm -hmm. than following this 
rhythm of the sun cycle and the moon, which we would normally do naturally, we actually would stay up late and disrupt our circadian rhythms and then kind of end up being out of balance. So I think yeah. it's a real problem. And I, you know, certainly notice for myself that if I don't maintain a certain kind of strict set of practices around sleep, that my sleep can be very dysregulated because of all of these inputs and, you know, the phone, Netflix, all these kind of things are yeah. competing with us for our good sleep. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I totally agree. I'm have those same issues. You know, it finally, it feels that, you know, sleep's getting the attention it deserves, you know, largely because there's a lot of individuals that are, you know, essentially sounding the alarm that are having issues, you know, from mm -hmm. this and, and, you know, people are, are you know, paying more attention to it. Uh, for some people who, you know, maybe, maybe listening to this, you know, say they're, their diets are are pretty good. They eat pretty clean, um, but they're they're still struggling. You know, essentially getting good sleep. You know, what are what are three things in your opinion um, that that people can do to to improve their quality of sleep? Yeah, so there's a lot, right? Um, so I think it's one your sleep environment, and we'll kind of unpack these. And two, you know, your sleep hygiene and your habits. And three, you know, what are you consuming? You know, what's your diet look like? Mm -hmm. So the first is really your sleep environment. Your bedroom needs to be dark. It should have a cool temperature. Ideally, something around that 68 degrees is about ideal. Um, you need it to be quiet. If you're not in a quiet or dark place, you can use like ear uh, earbuds or, you know, wear like an eye mask or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Keeping it cool is also really important just to kind of help your body kind of regulate temperature and feel um, kind of relaxed. Um, I, I totally find if I'm asleep in a cooler environment, like I don't wake up as often. Um, there's some fun technology yeah. that you can use to try to create a cooler environment on your mattress or in your, in your mattress bed kind of environment, um, like the chili pad, which I think they went out of business. Um, but it was a little bit lower cost than say sleep eight. Um, but there's some really fun ones out there if you're willing to invest in that, um, to help mm -hmm. regulate temperature. And some of these even have some smart technologies that will tell you, you know, how your temperatures are fluctuating or how much you're moving, yeah. things like that. Um, so you got to get the environment right. Uh, second is just that sleep hygiene. Uh, you want to make sure you're not, you know, on your screen at least a few hours before you go to bed, two or three hours is ideal. Uh, you don't want to eat really late, like three hours before bed or, you know, greater is usually better. Um, you don't want to be drinking a lot of alcohol or caffeine late in the day. That's going to completely disrupt your sleep. Um, you want to make sure that environment is good. So sometimes I'll take like a hot bath um, or some people can do a cold dip and that can kind of help your sleep. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of simple practices that seem to really help uh, address that. And then the next bet would be, you know, what are you doing in terms of your lifestyle? And if you exercise late or if you drink coffee or if you're drinking alcohol or eating late, all these things will disrupt your kind of biorhythms. Ideally, yeah. you keep that blue light exposure low. Um, you know, it's like all the screens that we were talking about, the TV, the computer, the phone. Um, it's really important at night because, again, we're so exposed to these artificial lights and that's triggering the brain uh, that it's time to be awake, right? Not asleep. So. Um, we want the body to start to produce melatonin in the evening to help us get to sleep and get quality of sleep. So those are just a few yeah. things um, that you just need to think about in terms of sleep. 
but the more people can focus on regulating their sleep with their rhythm and regular sleep hygiene in with the environment and avoiding these things where, you know, we know are going to kind of screw up their sleep. People can often yeah. reset that sleep system. Yeah. 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 You know, I don't <clears throat> think a lot of people know what, you know, what good sleep actually looks like, um, or feels like, you know, what would you say, or how would you describe that in, in your opinion? And then contrast that with, you know, people who are, you know, may have poor quality of sleep in life. What, you know, what are some signs to, you know, that indicate that they are experiencing or they, they do have poor quality of sleep? You know, how, how would they, you know, what's going to show up and how they feel? Yeah. So, I mean, I remember, remember reading this study about um, sharpshooters in the military, like snipers. And yep. they found that if they slept eight hours, they were like 99% accurate. If they slept like seven hours, they were like maybe 95% accurate, still mm -hmm. pretty good, but not mm -hmm. quite as good. If they mm -hmm. slept like six hours, they dropped down to like 60% accuracy. Wow. And if they slept like under six hours of sleep, they were like less than 50% accurate. So it's like a crapshoot, but yeah. Which is, you know, kind of astounding because these people are like highly skilled at what they do. And so just sleep can change their performance by that much. And yeah. um, it's been said that not getting adequate sleep in, you know, the equivalent, it, it's kind of like the equivalent of like driving drunk or, you know, if you've ever yep. really had oh, a bad night of sleep, right? Like yep. you feel off, right? And I think it's so true. I mean, I've experienced periods of sleep deprivation. You might've remembered like back in the days of chiropractic school oh, and yeah, grinding oh, yeah. family and we had my daughter when we were in chiropractic school and and i remember um you know those first several months especially you know you're you're establishing this new routine with this new baby at home and yeah. i would try to get up in the night to get my daughter change her diaper or whatnot and, and bring her into my wife to, to breastfeed her and it got mm -hmm. to a place where like i was so sleep deprived that it was like almost dangerous for me to be operating and carrying her around because I was just so delirious, you know? Yeah. And so it can really affect you and it kind of snowballs in a way. Um, yeah. So it's really, really important. Quality sleep is important. Um, you know, getting that deep sleep, you need REM sleep and there's, you know, a bunch of going back to some of the technologies and stuff. There's a lot of wearables that you can use now to get some data on your, oh, yeah you know, keep you honest too, about when are you really going to bed? When are you really yeah. waking up? How much are you moving around? Um, I like the aura ring a lot. We can kind of talk about that, but, um, you know, Fitbits, Apple watches, there's all kinds of tracking devices yeah. now that kind of tell you, you know, what your sleep might look like. So you can start to look at these things and, you know, get a good sense of what the quality of sleep is. Um, but you'll feel it, you know, right. Like we're talking about, if you wake yeah. up refreshed and you're energetic and your head's clear, you know, you're bouncing around out of bed, you know, ready to take on the day, you probably got a good night's sleep. You know, if you're, you know, waking up after constantly flipping around all night long, um, you know, that doesn't lead to a feeling of well-being and abundance the next day. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so often, you know, our body will, will tell you, you know, what it needs or, or that, it, what it's lacking, you know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really important. You know, we talk about sleep as medicine, just like food is medicine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. What do you think? 
some of the consequences you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier consequences of of chronically not getting enough sleep and you know do you feel like it's it's not just you know that an individual's tired but do you feel there there deeper there there are deeper issues that you know can cause permanent you know permanent damage to the body yeah absolutely i think we are just starting to recognize you know the dangers of sleep deprivation in terms of its risk on you know, chronic illnesses like heart disease and cancer and diabetes and cognitive stuff like Alzheimer's and depression, anxiety, all kinds of mood disorders. So it's a real thing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I think if we don't take it seriously, we're going to be missing the boat on a very important yeah. intervention and, you know, helping people address some of these chronic illnesses that go far beyond even just the diet and the exercise piece that we talk about. Um, the other thing that happens in the brain at night uh, is you have this system of kind of cleaning and repairing. And yeah. so you need to have what we call the lymphatic system working. And the lymphatic system is like the lymph system for the brain. So that's, you know, they've really recently been diving into this and discovered all kinds of new things about it, but it's so important and um, it's activated at night. So if you're not sleeping at night, you're not like clearing out all of this brain waste and you're going to yeah. have this kind of like, brain full of sludge and waste products that are these metabolic waste and toxins kind of building up. So yeah. even for that reason alone, you know, it's important to make sure you get an adequate night of yeah. good rest, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, I know there's, you know, various opinions on this. Um, you know, I have my personal opinion on what I tell people, you know, I think six to eight hours is adequate amounts of sleep to, to shoot for. But what do you think? What, what do you, what do you feel is, is right there? Yeah. I mean, I think you're right on. Um, it's an individual thing there. Are, you know, some people do fine on six hours. Some people need nine. Yeah. Um, you need to find out kind of what your number is to really function and feel really well. Everybody's a little different. Um, but the amount of sleep where you can feel good, feel energetic, and your quality of sleep is deep um, matters. And if you get six and a half hours and it's a ton of deep sleep and you're getting lots of REM and mm -hmm. you're really in that kind of reparative state, that might be enough for some people. Um, yeah. Other people might need nine. I need about, I found about eight, you know, nine. I love if I can get it, but it yeah. really makes you feel more Dang. vibrant and healthy when you get it. Yeah plenty of quality sleep too. Quality is a key factor in there. So I yeah. think it's certainly more than seven, ideally probably between seven and nine, like you said, um, is a good amount. And, you know, as I said before, last century, the average number of hours of sleep at night for most people, you know, back long ago was like nine. So now it's like seven, maybe mm -hmm. closer to six for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, probably need more than what we're getting on average for the average yep. individual, you know? Sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, some of the, we talked about, you know, some of these in the kind of the start of the episode, but you know, what do you feel some of the things that, that can be overlooked or that are overlooked issues in regards to, you know, driving poor sleep or, you know, do you, do you feel like there's anything, you know, unexpected that, you know, people may not know about, or, you know, what's your opinion there? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think people don't really understand the role of their overall pattern of being and living. Uh, so yeah. first thing is when you wake up, you should really try to get like 20 minutes of sunlight exposure 
You can't mm-hmm. have your sunglasses on or anything. Um, and you're trying to reset your pineal gland, which makes melatonin in the evening and helps, re- you know, regulate your circadian rhythm. So we want to keep our circadian rhythm in balance. The second thing is our diet plays a huge role. And particularly if you're eating a lot, you know, if your diet is just high in starch and carbohydrates and you're having these fluctuations in your blood sugar, we may actually even at night have like hyperglycemia and that can really disturb your sleep and uh, even give you like night sweats. Men often get night sweats too, you know, classically Mm -hmm. we think of women, but uh, that's often usually about sugar and, you know, these cortisol spikes, spikes, um, you know, you get spikes in sugar in the morning and that's a real problem. And I think other, you know, other thing is people are probably consuming a lot of alcohol, caffeine, you know, sugar, these things all are really like disrupting your sleep and people may not realize that, you know, um, chronic stress is another huge one. If you're not, you know, actually discharging the stress that we are constantly under, you know, a lot of people go to bed tired and wired. You know, we say that quite a bit. If you feel like you're yeah. tired and wired and a lot of people have, you know, adrenal issues. So they're yeah. pushing hard in their life that they actually don't have a chance to kind of reset and relax that nervous system. And that leads to incredible amounts of cortisol production um, yeah. and cortisol, as we know, disrupts your sleep. Um, if you take pregnizone, uh, pregnizone, uh, for whatever reason, it's going to mess you up as well. So stress plays a huge role. Um, exercise. I mean, you don't want to exercise too late in the day and mm-hmm. that can often activate you a little bit. I've tried this before, you know, sometimes you have a busy day, you want to get that workout in and then you work out yeah. too late. Um, there's a lot of things that can drive poor sleep, you know, um, another big one that we've talked about in the clinic quite a bit is magnesium. Um, it's pretty you know, common that people are deficient on magnesium in this country. And if you're, you know, not eating a diet that we advocate for that contains foods like greens and beans and nuts and seeds, we end up with a magnesium deficiency, you know, and I think when we look at the population as a whole, you know, 45% of the people are deficient in magnesium and that affects their sleep greatly. Um, Yeah. You know, if you're low on magnesium too, you may get some irritability, tension and stress and stuff like that. So magnesium is a big player in that. Um, Caffeine, chronic stress, smoking, uh, lots of other things are going to deplete the magnesium too. So, you know, you got to watch that. It's really easy to be deficient in magnesium for a whole host of reasons. But yeah, Yeah. those are a few, you know, the diet, the chronic stress, exercise. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All this stuff. So... What about you personally? You know, when when you notice, you know, that your performance is, you know, subpar, suboptimal when your sleep's thrown off, you know, what are the things that for you personally that, you know, will throw your sleep off? Yeah, I mean, I've learned kind of how to improve my sleep by making sure I do a few things around bedtime to kind of help me wind down. So I think it's really important to have some kind of bedtime ritual that you've kind of figured out works really well for you. Uh, My fiance is actually a big help for me with this as I tend to have kind of a hard time winding down at night. I think all those years in college and Cairo school, you know, staying up late, cramming, studying, I can easily fall into like becoming a night owl, super slippery slope for me. So she's been, you know, really paramount in helping me have a regular routine in the evening to kind of wind down. Um, Yeah. Cause I'll find myself, you know, working on things, thinking about projects that we're working on and, you know, easily watch TV too late. So, um, 
Um, and then if I don't get enough quality sleep, I notice the next day I can't focus. I can't think my brain's usually distracted. Um, yep. it's just hard to be present and hard to feel as motivated, right? Cause your brain's like, Hey, yep. you're tired. Like you need to rest. So, um, I think I'm kind of become very attentive to sleep. And I think sometimes it's hard when you're traveling or something like that. You know, I love to travel, I like to go on these trips mm-hmm. and stuff. And when you're on vacation, that's when things can get a little tricky. So, um, you gotta be really good about it. But I try to go to bed nine thirty ten. 10, you know, sometimes a bit later, mm-hmm. I try to calm mm-hmm. down from light. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we started doing was like dimming the lights and turning off lights in the house, like earlier in the evening. Um, I yeah. think that helps create that kind of darker environment that the brain goes, okay, like the sun's going down. It's time to start thinking about bedtime. And that seems yeah. to really help for us too. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, I hit that like nine, nine thirty, like time frame mm-hmm. and like I feel my body like starting to get tired. Like I'm like, okay, now it's it's yeah. time for me to just kinda like get in bed and and start to just kinda unwind and you know, like you'd mentioned the mind racing piece is you know, I I I struggle with that as, you know, as well as trying to okay, shut my brain down, turn my brain off and um, you know, try to do some of those, you know, some of those things, it, it, you know, the, it's interesting you bring up the, the, you know, the turning the lights piece kind of down as I know there's, you know, a lot of people with technology now with, you know, you may have like a Google home or Alexa and you can mm-hmm. sync those things up to light bulbs that will, you can pre-program a routine that'll automatically turn your home down during a certain point of time, you know, kind of during the night or during yeah, I guess, yeah, during the night. Um, yeah. So it, I think that's super interesting that, you know, yeah, see, that we would now be have fantastic because you could program it, right? So it's like every right. night at what, you know, a set time, it's going to start right. mimicking that light cycle, you know, that you can, yep. you can kind of hack with the light bulb in the house, right? And it's dark yep. outside, but it's bright inside. So I think yep. being able to use the technology just makes it reproducible and easier and consistent. I think consistent bedtime has been a powerful thing for me too, to kind of stay consistent at going to sleep. And then when I wake up versus kind of up and down, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, with your training in funk med, functional medicine, you know, how would, you know, how would a functional med doc approach, you know, somebody with, you know, with poor sleep quality and then compare that to, you know, what, you know, what you've seen, what you've read in regards to like conventional med- conventional medicine and how kind of their approach would, you know, would be to that. Yeah. So from like a traditional medical viewpoint, there are reasons for people to, you know, that lack sleep that the conventional doc will look at. Um, it could be sleep apnea, restless leg mm-hmm. syndrome. There's sleep studies that doctors do that can really be revealing. And a lot of people have, you know, undiagnosed sleep apnea. However, often there's really very little to do from a conventional perspective other than recognizing basic sleep hygiene. And then there's um, CBT sort of approach, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, um, Mm -hmm. which can help people kind of deal with sort of the mental aspects of insomnia if you're suffering from that. And that can be really effective. Um, There's a lot of really useful conventional approaches to help people kind of reset their sleep. However, there may be, you know, a lot of other causes um, from a functional medicine perspective for sleep disruption, right? And the traditional medicine may say, well, you know, 
do therapy or take these pills, you know, to help you sleep or practice better sleep hygiene, but they don't really say, you know, why is your sleep disrupted in the first place? Right. Sure. And this is where, you know, I think functional medicine is really effective because we don't, you know, want to know just what you have going on or, you know, that you have insomnia, but why, you know, I want to know why you're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. well. Is it Mm -hmm. because, you know, your thyroid's not working? Is it because, you know, you have chronic stress and adrenal burnout? Is it because you have low magnesium as we were talking about earlier? You know, is it because the microbiome in your gut is inflamed and it's causing more inflammation in your brain? Um, Is it because you have you know, hypothyroid, which can cause a little bit of sleep disruption? Um, Is it because you had a bad, you know, you have a bad sleep environment or your habits are kind of terrible and we need to go through all of those root causes. So we're trying to unpack the why, the cause behind it. Um, And then we start to address those, right? And whatever that might be. And it's amazing to me, you know, as you see all the time too in our clinic with me that, you know, we start working with someone for say gut issues or hormone imbalance. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they start one of our programs where we're starting to get rid of maybe processed foods and sugar, and maybe some of these things like dairy and gluten that are bothering yep. them and so on. Um, it's amazing how people come back and, you know, we weren't overly focused on sleep, but they go, Oh my gosh, my sleep is so much better. I'm getting so much deeper sleep. I feel so much better because I'm resting and I'm kind of re- renewing. And, um, I think what happens is that there's some inflammation in the brain and the inflammation will disrupt their sleep. And when we start to live a anti-inflammatory life, right, you actually end up with a much better quality sleep as, as a side effect, right. As a benefit. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool to see. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You bring up the, the gut piece, the inflammation piece. So shameless plug here. Those are going to be two topics that we're going to touch on in future episodes. So stay tuned to, to listen to those. Um, you know, but the reducing the inflammation perspective, you know, most, I don't want to say most, uh, a lot of people come and see us as chiropractors for, you know, either acute or chronic low back pain. And, you know, once we kind of course through, you know, care, we're making, you know, lifestyle changes, we're maybe making some dietary changes, you know, they're going to notice, you know, their, their inflammation is, is going to reduce. And so, you know, and therefore, you know, so does, so does their pain. Um, when you're at pain, Absolutely. you know, when you're at in pain, excuse, I can't talk when you're in pain at night, it's hard to get comfortable. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, gosh, what was this back in the spring? Yes, I remember this because I was getting ready to take my kids on spring break. I, I, my low back, uh, spasmed on me. And when that happened that night, it's, there's no comfortable position right. that you can find yourself in. It's every position hurts. Um, and so you're tossing and turning. And so you feel like garbage a, because it hurts and B because you know, yeah, it's it, a vicious cycle, right? Crappy, Cause you're yeah, in you're pain and you sleep. can't sleep cause you're in pain and then you're not sleeping, which is making yeah. it worse. And so then right. you're trapped in that, that vicious cycle, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Those first couple of days were rough. <laughs> uh, I remember yeah, that. It, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not fun. <laughs> it was not fun at all. Yeah, no, totally, man. And something else to mention, you know, is that your sleep and your metabolism are just so closely connected. The thing is, yeah. you know, 
if you don't sleep, you also crave carbohydrates and you crave sugar, right? Um, yep. You crave all the junk that's going, you know, to make you gain weight. And, you know, we know this even from studies on young, healthy, you know, I think they've done these, st these studies on these young males in college um, who are not actually overweight. And when they deprive mm -hmm. them of like two hours of sleep a night, um, it, it made them crave the carbohydrates. And yep. what happens is you end up having these higher levels of ghrelin, which makes you hungry and, yep. and, um, your Even appetite suppressing hormones, right. Are not working mm -hmm. as well as they should. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, they had these hormonal changes that made them crave more carbohydrates and then you're eating more, you're hungrier and next thing mm -hmm. you know, you're gaining weight. Right. Yeah. And so really the key to often even healthy metabolism is even and weight is actually quality sleeping. And that's why yep. we wanted to really sure. unpack this because there's, it just, it affects everything, every system of the body. Right. Yep. Yeah. We had, uh, we had brought up when we were talking about, you know, when we go to sleep and, you know, we have instances where, you know, our mind is, is all over the place and trying to shut our brains off to kind of wind, wind ourselves down. I know I like to, I, I will do some, some mindfulness. I will do some meditation, uh, that helps, you know, helps me kind of shut my mind off. Any, anything else that, um, you think would help with that you know anything that you use besides yeah, the mean, meditation yeah absolutely sorry turn that baby off um phone's ringing you're just so popular you know we think about it <laughs> uh you know it's kind of silly because we like go 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 right we're answering emails until yep. 11 o'clock at night we're looking at our screens we're engaged in all kinds of sure. stressful you know emotional psychological things with work, maybe family, whatever you got going on. And then yeah. we're like, okay, lights out, boom, let's just jump in bed. And, yeah. you know, people are exhausted, but they often, you know, sometimes you can fall asleep, but you're often going to wake up frequently because you've got yeah. all of these stress hormones going through your body. Right. So I think really having a sleep routine, like I was talking about earlier at night is just so important. Uh, for me, it's very important to kind of get off those screens at least a few hours before bed. Um, sometimes I'll even take a hot bath, put some Epsom salt in there, a little lavender, uh, essential yep. oils, which helps kind of calm down that nervous system from mm -hmm. a crazy busy day. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to turn all the lights off. Like you're talking about now, I think I need to get some technology to just do it for me all automatically so that it just happens. <laughs> um, and then sometimes, you know, I'll do a little bit of reading, um, to kind of yep. calm the brain down. Sometimes that helps for me. Um, the other thing I, I will do often is I'll write down things before bed. So I kind of like do this data dump, so to speak on everything yeah. that's on my mind. And, um, I'll write, kind of write it all out and just kind of completely purge out, you know, those thoughts and everything, um, kind of break that and my, you know, whatever worries or whatever thoughts I might be having or whatever, that's kind of lingering or whatever. I just kind of do that data dump and, and let go of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. some people, you know, doing a little bit of breathing and yoga, you mentioned, uh, meditation that yep. can be fantastic. Um, sometimes if the body is really sore, I'll use like a Theragun or something to just kind of relax the muscles. The yeah. bath with the Epsom salt kind of helps with that. It also gets magnesium into the body. Um, that can just kind of help you unwind and kind of relax. And so, um, 
you got to try different things, you know, and figure out what works for you. And sometimes you got a base level of night routine and then you got a really stressful event going on and you might got, you might have to do yeah. a little extra, you know, to kind of, but making it a priority, I think is the major focus is really planning, you know, your bedtime versus the wake time even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of bring back, you had talked about like reading and we had earlier, we had talked about like reducing screen time and stuff like that. And, you know, the reading piece, you know, do you read like hard books where you turn the page or are you using like an e-reader? <laughs> no, I mean, I think, uh, it, that type of reading that I would do in the evening would just be kind of a leisure read. I have a, yeah. you know, a knack for when I'm reading you know, time's always of the essence. And if I'm putting something in, I want to be learning something, but yeah, I don't try to read the content right before bed. That's like a learning experience for me. It's more of yeah. just something that's more of an adventure or something that's going to kind of yeah. take your mind off. Sometimes yeah. TV for me, like I try not to do the screen time in the evening, but it can be a very passive therapy uh, yeah. to kind of shut the brain off of what you're thinking about and just watch some sitcom or something like that. I think the TV yeah. There's a little bit benefit from the the phone, I think, because the screen's further away. You're kind of like yeah. more passively absorbing it. Um, it. That's why people fall asleep on the couch, right? But if you're scrolling yeah. through your phone, it's a different kind of input, and it's just stimulating, stimulating. That I think is actually worse than yeah. just the TV. At least for yeah. me, I found that to be. Uh, I can watch a little TV and dim the house down and get away with it. Um, yeah, but being on you the know, phone, I, not so much. Yeah, yeah right. And I think with you know, if you're using, if you're a reader and you want to read, if you're using an e-reader, there's some, there's apps, there's things that you can do that'll, that'll block some blue light or change the color of your screen. I know like on your iPhone, if you're reading on your iPhone that you can go, I think it's called dark mode. It'll change the color of oh, your yeah, screen. Yeah. Um, and I've recommended this to patients. There's an, there's an app out there or a website. It's called Flux. I think it's fl.ux. And you can download it to your computer screen and it, it changes the, the color of your screen. I, I'm pretty sure you can do it on your e-reader. There's different types out there. Um, but anyways... Yeah, moving you on. Too, you know, like we wear glasses, and so you can get blue blocking yep. lenses. Yep. And sometimes people will change their glasses in the evening to wear, you know, blue light blocking glasses while you're going to watch TV and such. And so that th those things benefit you for sure. Yeah. yeah. the The glasses actually that I'm currently wearing, my um, optometrist put blue light blocking. I think it's a film or the lens type is actually built mm -hmm. into these specific frames yeah. or these specific lenses. So you can, if you're, you know, if you need to get new glasses, that is something I would honestly ask your optometrist for sure. about is can you get that <clears throat> put on your, you know, your regular glasses? Because with, you know, everybody's on their phone, everybody's on their computer. You're looking at that stuff daily all the time. Right. And so, reducing your blue light exposure, um, can, you know, can definitely be a benefit. So anyways, um, we had talked about, you had talked about like morning routines. Um, I think, mm -hmm. you know, routines are good in regards to kind of establishing habits. Um, what are the things that you, 
you do that you feel like work well in the morning? Yeah, I think the key, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is get that 20 minutes of sunlight exposure, you know, in the morning. I like to go outside. I'll take a big glass of water with some lemon or maybe even sometimes my cup mm -hmm. of coffee and I'll sit out on my deck, let the sun just kind of hit my face. Uh, it mm -hmm. helps me just kind of gather myself and get grounded for the day. Um, you could do some journaling or some writing in the morning. You could do some reading even. Um, but that sunlight really helps to kind of reset that circadian rhythm. And I think mm -hmm. that's really powerful for the melatonin production that you need later in the day. Right. So it's kind of mm -hmm. what you do in the morning is going to dictate that evening, uh, yeah. hormone release for you. So, um, super important. Yeah. Again, yeah, another, nice. another easy thing to do that doesn't really cost a lot of money, um, yeah. that Have know, it for me. bringing in that routine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that going to bed at the same time is important um do you think it's it's yeah hard? i mean what time frame is is you know is right you know in, in your opinion I think, what, uh, what what should people shoot for i think what i've found personally and what you know what what i've learned is that it being a little more consistent with that bedtime yeah. is really powerful and getting up at the same time um, again, it's a circadian rhythm that we're in this balance that we're trying to create. So if one night you go to bed at nine and then it's 11, that's 1am and you know, it, the body's trying to handle this, you know, disruption. And so I think consistency is actually pretty powerful, um, for people. And I found that that has been more beneficial for me as well. So I still, even on the weekends, we might sleep in just a little bit longer. I still get up about the same time. I still try to go to yep. bed about the same time. Um, I just like to feel, I like the way I feel when I get a good night's sleep. Right. And yeah. I, when you stop getting a good night's sleep, then you're like, you know, it wasn't as good as I like to be. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So unfortunately we're getting older. <laughs> you and I are both getting older. Everybody's getting older. As we get older, I hear that you wake up periodically throughout the night to go to the bathroom, to <laughs> do Lord knows what else. I know that at least that's what my dad always tells me is oh, I had to wake up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom. It's like, what? <laughs> so, like, why are, you know, why are why you sharing you think, this with me? Well, yeah. What? Why? <laughs> is it, what? What is your in your opinion? Like, what? As we get older, what? You know, why do you think this happens? Yeah. So you know, as we get older, I think a bunch of things are happening. Right. We tend to have more belly fat. Maybe. Hopefully not. But maybe. <laughs> what? <laughs> we tend to lose some of our muscle mass, which is really important. And and you know, we'll have to talk about that more at some other time. But. Mm -hmm. um, and when that happens, you get a higher level of insulin, you get more fluctuations mm -hmm. in your blood sugar, you get lower growth hormone. And the reason that, you know, kids sleep so good and sleep so much and babies sleep so much is that they have these huge amounts of growth hormone, right? But when yep. you lose muscle, you lose growth hormone. When you, you know, you get higher cortisol and maybe that high stress hormone cortisol is a byproduct of just a higher level of stress as we get later in life. And as a child, you're not thinking about all the things you're thinking about as an adult. Um, but you know, and we also get higher insulin. And so that cortisol is really preventing you from sleeping. And so when you lower the growth hormone and you raise the cortisol, you know, through the aging process, you actually get a little more disrupted in, in your sleep. Um, mm -hmm. the reason that we, we do that is because we're not 
you know, active as much as we probably were when we were younger too. When you talk about the muscle mass yeah. loss and our, our diets, maybe not as good. And so, you know, for a lot of people, they're eating a lot of high starch, sugary diets. Um, they're not doing any weight training or strength yep. training. Yep. And the truth is that, you know, you could maintain that at any age if you're doing the lifting and the strength training and everything. Yeah. And it's possible to kind of offset that. But, um, and I think that's been a big focus of mine is to try to make sure that people, you know, as we talk about losing weight, they're not losing muscle mass, right. And how to maintain muscle mass throughout life. Cause you need that because it's going to produce growth hormone. It's going to help you with testosterone. It's going to help cortisol stay really low and help you sleep better. Right. So I think, you know, if you're waking up frequently, even if, you know, you go to bed on time, there may be something else going on, right? There may be a metabolic issue, you know, around blood sugar, like we're talking about. There may be chronic stress that's not being fully addressed. Yeah. Um, there may be other factors to cause, you know, kind of frequent waking. And, you know, when you talked about urination with your dad, you know, it depends on a whole lot of different things that could be driving that. But, it, you know, it could be, yeah. you know, when did you drink? How late did you drink? You know, how much did you drink before bedtime uh, yeah. for your dad or, you know, some other person? It could be prostate issues, you know, right. and, you know, if you have an irritable bladder or or not. So uh, normally people can go through the night without peeing. That would be kind of normal. I would say if you get up once to go to pee at night, that's not a big deal. Most people can get up, go pee, go back to bed. Boom. No big deal. But yeah. um if you're going a lot more than that, I think it's worth checking out. Um, yeah. you may have a prostate enlargement, uh, if you're a man or you may have cystitis, mm -hmm. if you're a woman, um, you know, it's good to make sure you check because if you're getting up so many times that there could be something going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So not too many times. So you may, so, you may mention that to your dad. <laughs> maybe I should. So one thing I took from that is, you have high levels of insulin as a type one diabetic. I have minimal to no levels of insulin. Mm -hmm. Um, so it sounds like to me that I'm never going to get fat. So I'm going to hang on to that. <laughs> and that's, that's, uh, that's what's going to help me sleep at night. No, that, unfortunately it doesn't work that well or work that way. Mm -hmm. So, right. Let me ask you this. I have my opinions on this, but do you feel like, one can catch up on on sleep if the next night if you if you know if the previous night was less than ideal yeah i mean i think yes and no i think people mm -hmm. anecdotally will say like look if i didn't sleep six Agreed. hours i can sleep like 10 the next day and i feel yeah. better i think that's true right so i think people will feel better if they get some more sleep the next night but the basic mm -hmm you know, kind of medical opinion is that, no, you really can't catch up on the lost sleep. Yeah. You've got to just keep sleeping and then putting more sleep in the bank, so to speak. And then actually over time, you're going to feel better, but you really have to make sure you're not just like creating a lot of sleep debt, so to speak. And, um, actually, you know, sleeping more when you need to, um, but realize that not necessarily going to fix all these sleep problems. If you, if you, if you had you know, bad sleep one night, lots of sleep mm -hmm. the next, that's probably not, mm -hmm. you know, on average, it's not going to work out. So it's not yeah. great to, like some people will say, well, like, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm really busy and I stay up late. So I'm just going to 
you know, get like six hours of sleep Monday through Friday, but then on the weekends, I'm just going to stay home and sleep all day. Right. And like that right. just doesn't really tend to work um, right. and, and give you the results. I think it's better it's to not, be more consistent throughout. Right. right. So, you're not consistent. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no routine there. So, yeah. Um, we had talked a little bit about like ways to track your sleep. Um, I use an app called it's uh it's sleep cycle it's supposed to monitor it's on my iphone i think it monitors sound like sound of me moving and so that's kind of how it helps monitor your sleep um yeah what do you what do you use as as a sleep tracker yeah i mean there's some there's some really fantastic tech out there to help monitor yep. your sleep as well as some other metrics I like the Aura Ring a lot. I think it's one of the most accurate sleep tracking devices. Um, it measures things like heart rate variability, uh, your REM sleep, your deep sleep, um, heart rate, uh, temperature. I think on the newer one, I have the older one. Um, so there's a ton of benefits. And I find that that device is just really easy to wear because it's a ring. Um, yeah. I have a Apple watch, but I just don't like sleeping in it. So the ring is just yep. really easy to have on and it doesn't affect me in any way. And I get tons of data and it's nice to track that data over time and then kind of compare, sure. you know, also how you feel to what it, it, what it measured and kind of look at that. Um, I've not been drinking much alcohol at all anymore. And I would notice if I had like one drink around dinner time, like a glass of wine, it mm -hmm. would, um, my heart rate didn't tend to lower as I slept at night. My temperature didn't lower. Yep. Um, my sleep was just completely disrupted. And I'm like, was it really worth it? And I don't yep. really think it's worth it for me at yep. least. And um, I don't really like drinking that much anyway. And I really prioritize my sleep. So um, the device was able to really help me hone in on some of that, you know, or eating a yep. little too late or exercising yep. a little too late and going, oh, wow, that like drastically changed my sleep performance, you know, just yeah. by a little deviation of something. And so the tracking is kind of nice, right? Like if you can't measure it, it's hard to know, yeah. you know, where you're at. So, right. Yeah. Right. We're both parents. Um, yep. We have kids. So with having children, there's often you endure sleep deprivation. Anything, what do you like when you're talking to parents, new parents, older parents, like moms and dads, what, what tips do you give them as far as things that they can do to help combat that stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's a, ta that's a tough chapter when it comes to sleep. You know, we both have been there and I uh, have that conversation a lot with the, the moms that are expecting here at our clinic. Yep. And, and one of the keys to have a really good partner who can kind of help you, you know, get more sleep is really important. Um, I would say I recommend, you know, the moms try to take a nap when the baby's napping. That's one of the few times where, yeah. you know, you can kind of pseudo go off duty a little bit and try to get some rest. Um, that's what I recommend there. And, you know, just do your best, you know, to try to take care of yourself within, you know, all these lifestyle things that we're talking about. So you're not going to mm -hmm. run down, depleted, mm -hmm. you know, the quality of your parenting and, you know, your relationship to those around you and the amount of energy you have and your presence with your family is going to be dictated by how mm -hmm. well rested you are. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you're really deprived in sleep, you're not going to be very good company and be able to really function at your highest level. Yeah. Um, so you got to try to prioritize sleep amongst everything else that you're prioritizing, you know, during that, that time frame. Um, it's really important. And then try to figure out, you know, 
people around you to really help support you to, to yep. get what you need to really take care of yourself. And, you know, the good thing is that even though it's a really tough period, you know, I always encourage the moms that, you know, do the best you can and it's going to pass, right? Like the baby's yep. going to continue Doesn't to last grow, forever. they'll start sleeping, you know, right? And so, um, yeah, that's kind of what I recommend. But it, it is, it, yeah. that's probably the time that I feel that it's the most challenging um, yeah. And you have the most variables pseudo outside your control, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of napping. If I can score a nap uh, throughout mm. the day, I'm going to definitely take advantage of it. Do you yeah. think we should take naps? Do you think naps are good? I think, you know, I do. I think, uh, you know, I think they're fine. I think, you know, if you can, some people are really good nappers and I think most people are, would like to take a nap, but um, mm -hmm. you don't want to overdo it. I think 20 minutes, half an hour is mm -hmm. about the right amount. Um, that way, you know, if you go too long, sometimes you're going to get kind of more droggy and that could be problematic yeah. and it can kind of start to affect your nighttime sleep. So, you know, if you throw in a three or four hour nap in the afternoon, you're probably not going to be ready for bed at like a normal sleep time. Yeah. And so you got to be careful with that. So I love these like little 20, 30 minute, um, little nap breaks. I think it's a good, you could meditate or you could do something like that where you just kind of mental mm -hmm. break, reset mm -hmm. everything. And if you really do meditate or rest, you, you come back refreshed. And so I, I love that yep. concept. Yeah. yeah Power nap. Digest lunch. Yeah. Refer to it. There's, where was I reading this at? I can't remember where I read this at. I don't know if it was Japan or if it was in South Korea. Um, it was, it was in some other, in another country. And they, it was basically the premise of it was, is how much more productive people were when they are allowed or able to take naps. And the companies have what they call sleep pods uh, oh, where the yeah, individuals yeah. can just like go there, you know, hop in one of those suckers, take, you know, take a little bit of a nap and then boom, yeah. get out and, and just kind of, you know, kind of go I could about, totally see that little brain break. Yeah. Go about 100%. the day. Yeah. That, their, That's a great idea. Their productivity, you know, was measured and it was substantially greater, you know, during the times where that people were allowed to, to take naps. So anyways, uh, what do you think about melatonin? supplements, you know, other things like that, to, to, you know, to help get better quality of sleep. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of things you can do to kind of help sleep through supplementation. Uh, magnesium is kind of my first go-to on that. A lot of people are low on magnesium, um, yeah. that in and of itself can cause insomnia. I think melatonin, um, anywhere from maybe half a milligram up to three milligrams can be a great adjunct to sleep. Although I don't mm -hmm. advocate for people to like, you know, rely on that night after night, maybe we got to figure out, you know, what's going on, but it can be a good assistance for that. Um, there's other things like amino acids, like GABA derivatives and theanine yep. from green tea that can also help. Um, there's adaptogenic things like ashwagandha, rhodiola. Um, there's other herbs that can help as well, like valerian and passionflower, um, magnolia, lemon balm. All these things can be very helpful for sleep. So I kind of encourage people to try different things, many of which, you know, I, I, I will use some of those products in like a tea or something like that. And so, yeah. um, if I'm really having a hard time calming things down, shutting things down, uh, I've got some different kind of like sleepy time teas that I'll use, um, yeah. that have a lot of those products in them to kind of just help things calm down. And so that's a good yeah. way to go. 
Um, yeah. People should not probably use chronic sleep aids as something worth mentioning, like the benzodiazepines or Ambien. Um, yeah. Occasionally, maybe fine, like if you're traveling and you you know you want to sleep on the plane. But I would say very rarely would I use those, and definitely for not for long periods of time. I think it's important for people to kind of sort sort of know that these can you know have long term cognitive issues and can cause yeah. long term health consequences. Um, you know, not getting sleep is also a problem. So it's kind of a fine line to figure out, but I encourage people to kind of sort of try some of the alternative stuff first, if they can, and then maybe, you know, maybe work with a functional medicine doctor to see, you know, why you're having these sleep issues and maybe you won't need to have the medication on board yeah. for as long or if at all. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you think about like CBD, marijuana, stuff like that? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big topic too. Um, yep. especially if you're in a state that has legalized some of this stuff, um, CBDs are, you know, kind of a derivative from marijuana plant and mm -hmm. people use kind of a combination of CBD or CBD plus THC, yep. which is basically marijuana. And that can be very effective often, you know, when many other things don't work, you know, people can take capsules, they can take, mm -hmm. you know, smoke it obviously there's vapes and you know marijuana cigarettes and things like that um and yeah. that has been shown to help people kind of regulate their sleep and help get deeper sleep um it kind of help helps to kind of relax them it might help with anxiety if that's one of your issues yeah. that are leading yeah. into difficulty to sleep um so i think there's room for it um as a therapeutic tool there's some questions about you know, what's the long-term consequences of using CBD or THC on the brain that kind of uh, concern me. But in the meantime, I think it's a very simple, easy intervention uh, that some people might think of using to kind of help with their sleep issues if you're really having difficulty with sleep. Um, yeah. But it doesn't work for everybody. And, you know, it can be, you know, good for some, not for, not for others. So, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, anything else? What do you think? Wrap it up. What do you think? Um, what do you think people yeah, should I mean, we get talked about from a lot, it? Right. Um, yeah. so number one, you know, I think that sleep is incredibly important. That's why we're doing this podcast. It's not just mm -hmm. this annoying loss of time. You know, some people will mention, you know, like I'll sleep when I die, you know, and I, I don't yeah. think it's a waste of time. I think it pays dividends in your life. And, you know, I encourage people to try to create, you know, a very comfortable sleep environment, get yeah. a good mattress. I love, for example, my, my Tempur-Pedic mattress, you know, get the right pillow, make sure you have a dark, you know, environment to sleep in. So maybe you need to get darkening shades. Um, you could use earplugs or, eye, you know, an eye mask or something like mm -hmm. that. If you have a room that's got a window that you can't close to block out the light and the sound, um, make sure you don't get a lot of EMFs in your room from all these electrical devices. Um, so maybe you don't want to plug in your phone right by your bed. Um, maybe you want to even shut off the Wi-Fi at night. Some people do that and that's, that's been beneficial. Um, and that can maybe make a difference for you. Uh, make sure you don't eat three hours before bed. Um, like we talked about earlier, you know, that you wake up in the morning and you get this bright light exposure that's going to produce that melatonin yeah. in the evening. That's going to facilitate you getting to bed. Uh, you might think about taking extra magnesium. If you're not, make sure you're eating magnesium containing foods. 
Um, try unwinding and decompressing at night. Uh, watch out for alcohol and caffeine. Um, you know, use common sense. I mean, I think most people know this stuff. Yeah. But we're just trying to bring it back top of mind. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, if you think you have a serious sleep problem, uh, you know, you might want to get a sleep study uh, to see if you have sleep apnea or something like that. Sure. And so sleep is critical. And, and I think people underestimate the value of it and uh, the importance of really focusing on getting adequate quality, consistent sleep every night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to, that's going to wrap it up today. Uh, one thing I will point out though, is uh, we had talked about like the aura ring. I had talked about like the flux. I'll try to put links in the, dis- in the description of the, of the podcast on, on where you can go to, to get some of that stuff. If you're interested. Um, if you know anybody that would benefit from listening to this, share it with your family, with your friends, uh, comment, like, and subscribe on the, on our social media. We would greatly appreciate it, but that's gonna, that's gonna bring it, uh, bring us to a close of our last, uh, of this episode of aligned and thriving. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for joining guys. See you next time.